there's so much to Arizona. You have pine yeah. forests and you have high mountains and you have desert and you have red rocks of Sedona. There's so many different places here. And it's not everyone's like, oh, Arizona, it's a dry heat. It's like, no, it's not all of Arizona. Plus, we it's been raining here all summer. <laughs> so wow. In, wow. In the desert, you know, it's like we Good get monsoon. Golly. And it's yeah. hot and humid and pouring rain. Like, it's completely, it's the coolest place. I absolutely love yeah. it. Hello again, friends. Thank you so much for joining me here at the Wisdom of the Wilderness podcast. I am your host, Greg. And as always on this podcast, we are here to share wisdom gained from time spent in nature with a dose of inspirational and empowering stories of everyday people moving through uncharted territory, both literal and figurative. I am grateful you have chosen to spend part of your time today with me, listening to cool things and cool people. And uh, without any further ado, let's get to this week's episode. Hey, all right, friends, we're back for the Wisdom of the Wilderness. It has again got busy, and it's two weeks since I recorded the last episode. Hooray! Uh, lots of busyness. Uh, it is fire season. Um, there have been uh, things around us. Uh, we're actually the only place, kind of sounds like anywhere in North America at the moment, that doesn't have any smoke. Well, didn't have any smoke until this afternoon. But uh, it's been nice. So we got some thunderstorms, um, got a bit of rain. Hopefully that keeps coming. The lake is coming up like crazy. It is so much higher than last year. And uh, all this rain we got over the past couple of days, uh, it will continue rising up. So had a lot of 90 degree temperatures and um, feels already like summer as it's June the 12th. Uh, yeah, what else do we know? Um, been uh, pondering a lot of kind of life goals, bucket list, five-year plan-ish stuff. Um, not my favorite thing to do, but I've uh, been planning that and working on it, so... Looking at possibly reevaluating some things, and uh, a number of things have already fallen to the wayside. So that's been kind of cool. Um, along with that, doing a, another clear clutter project, purge old stuff that's not needed, useful, bring joy, etc., etc. Because I realized I have accumulated a lot of stuff, and sometimes, in some cases, it's things I've had for over a decade that haven't been used. So. Yeah, just doing a big clean out. But, hope you're doing awesome, by the way. Hope you're having a fantastic day and uh, got a chance to be outside. I have been spending almost all of my time, every day, minus sleeping, in the outdoors, uh, working, running. We had an outdoor gym set up here. Uh, outdoor yoga, uh, on the beach, in the water. Lots and lots of outdoor time eating outside. Uh, unfortunately, not quite cooking outside yet, but that is a project for the summer. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, what I want to talk about is actually something I mentioned in the intro. Fire. We had one out here. Very, very close. Uh, about 10 days ago now, I wanted to... Record this a lot earlier, and a lot of other things have happened in that meantime, such as also being in pretty high fire danger. Um, but that was quite the experience, so I thought I would just uh, share from my perspective of uh, what happened. 
And then uh, going to some of the, I was looking at some fire mitigation tips, uh, things to do if you are in a fire. Uh, and it's definitely also had me pondering where am I adventuring when I go out for my long runs or the training I'm doing for some ultras, which is a lot more mountain hiking, hiking up, running down. But uh, yeah, that has um, definitely altered my things because it is uh, so dry out here that uh, a lot of the areas that I do spend time in uh, were something to happen or something I'm unaware of behind me, there might not be an escape route. So yeah, I kind of had to shift some things, uh, very unfortunately shift some things. I was not not anticipating this curveball, but um that's how life goes sometimes. So hopefully we can get enough training to do this ultra coming up in like six weeks. But uh, anyways, yeah, the fire, what happened? Uh, we're out here on the deck on a Sunday night and we got a colossal rainstorm and uh, there was thunder and lightning that we thought was directly overhead. Uh, got heavy, heavy rainstorm that night. And then uh, Monday, nice and quiet. Nothing really happened. It was uh, sunny and clear. And then Tuesday was sunny and clear and um, was informed of a fire somewhere around 1 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, which turns out was actually from the lightning strike Sunday evening at 5 that had really taken out a stand of ponderosas, um, something quite the sight to behold. Uh, so I was down near the beach and uh heard someone say fire and uh so two of us hopped in a pickup truck and went driving up the road uh to see if we could get in and take a look at how big it was um the smoke wasn't terrible at that point uh but it definitely was smoky in the air or you could see the smoke couldn't smell anything yet and uh, we got up to try and take one of the bush roads into the bush and discovered that somebody concrete barriered it so we couldn't get in there with a vehicle. Not ideal when you're trying to fight a forest fire. So uh, I've been driving and uh, Buddy and I traded spots and I ran into the forest along the road to look at the fire, which in hindsight may not have been the best decision, but minutes matter with a forest fire, especially out here where uh, there ain't really anyone coming to save us unless wildfire service eventually gets around to it. So um, there you have it. Um, so yeah, I ran in, I don't even have a good estimate, maybe a half mile, more like probably a uh, quarter mile uh, into the bush to see where the fire was. And uh the area was about the size of a basketball court, maybe a little bit less. Um, and uh, on my side, where I came in from the southeast with wind at my back, and uh, it was kind of smoky ground with some flames, and then there were about four-foot flames on the northeast, or I came in from the southwest, the northeast corner of the fire was about four-foot flames, which is really not good. And I couldn't tell... Uh, whether or not there was a Ponderosa with about, oh God, the trunk was about, geez, would have been close to two feet diameter, maybe three, um, or circumference, circumference, my mistake, uh, about a foot diameter, foot, foot and a half. Uh, couldn't tell it was on fire or there was just smoke coming out of the ground. Um, 
I we had driven in a pickup truck, didn't have anything in it, and I ran in. I had uh, safety glasses, my safety glasses on my head. Uh, I was wearing trail runners, and I had my gloves in my pocket. Uh, that consisted of my equipment. Uh, so I saw that. I called and uh, asked for help, um, and then ran back to get our firefighting equipment. Um, we had the fire truck warming up. We had uh, getting stuff ready out of the fire trailer. So I sprinted. It was about a quarter mile back, including jumping down a sand dune and dropping about 20 feet vertical in about 20 feet horizontal um, down a sand dune and then running across the road, getting into the trailer, grabbing. I grabbed three shovels because I knew there were three of us who'd be there. And that's all I thought to grab. Um, and then ran back towards the fire. Uh, didn't actually cross my mind to call my buddy and say where I was. I had called my other buddy who was driving the fire truck. Um, got up to the fire and just started digging a perimeter. I approached it this time from the southeast from where it was. I dropped two other shovels in the south, figuring anybody who was going to come in now had to come in on foot because of the concrete barriers and the fence on the other side. And uh, started to try to dig a perimeter around it to put it out. Um, started at the south and worked my way towards the northwest with the wind at my back, trying not to get in front of the flames, which would have been bad because that's where they were the highest. Uh, and also be as aware as I could that there was a lot of smoke blowing at me. Uh, again, I mentioned I did not grab any other safety equipment. I just had safety glasses on, my phone in my pocket, uh, my work gloves on, and three shovels. Um, not even water or anything like that. But it was a fire, and I wanted to put it out. Um, just started digging, and uh, it was very hot. Uh, I would dig a little bit, like, you know, but half shovel full to a full shovel down on the perimeter of the fire and then toss that into the center of the fire or use that to smolder what was already burning there and toss that into the center of the fire area. My goal was to get a full ring around the fire and toss everything back in on itself so that it would burn into itself and eventually out. Also, I knew that we have a fire truck and that the fire truck would be coming eventually uh that we also would have to get the concrete barrier moved etc etc so that's what i was doing um just started digging and didn't stop i was sweating profusely uh, i would estimate it was around a 90 to 100 uh as close as i could get to the hotter obviously closer to the fire uh the area that i was that was the air temperature before we started um with the fire and then warmer, colder, uh, did not step into the fire at all. Very proud of myself for that. Uh, but was just going around and seeing, it was crazy seeing how fast a ponderous rosa needle would, you know, be near the fire. You know, say in advance of where I'm digging on my little circular route to get around the fire. Uh, just see some embers kind of smoldering and then just watch this line of orange go to a pine needle pine needle pine needle pine needle until there were flames like four feet away from me um so that was just a strange experience um interestingly enough at no point did i feel scared 
or that it was a bad idea or at all that my life might be at risk till I eventually thought, hey, it's probably a bad idea to go onto the side with the big flames. Um, don't know if that's a me thing. Don't know if that's common or not. But uh, that's what happened. I was just there to dig and try and get this fire out or at least hold it until other people could get there. Sweating profusely enough that I couldn't see through my safety glasses. They're basically sun, clear sunglasses. Um, couldn't see through those because of all the sweat going in and went to take them off. And then there was too much smoke. So I put them back on and then the smoke was thick enough uh, that it was sticking to my sunglasses or my safety glasses. And I couldn't see. So that was just not super helpful. I was doing the best I could, but digging pretty much nonstop. Um, got a call. Well, I finished the one side and then rather than go and put myself in a bad place for the fire to take off and possibly get trapped behind it, uh, I then went back to the south where I started and started digging around to go from the south all the way up to the north. Um, this is where it started to get interesting because the wind started swirling and blowing back towards what I had just cleared. I'd done my best to get a six, six inch to a foot wide trench around the, the perimeter of the fire, started digging outside and tossing the stuff back into where it was burning, and then basically using the shovel as a hockey stick to just shoot and toss any embers that were, or needles that were burning uh, on the perimeter there into the center. So a mix of digging and tossing, plus just like basically shovel as a rake type deal, shovel as a hockey stick. Um, and that was working pretty well. There were a couple, and I would just to go slow and methodically breathing. Um, for a while, I tried to breathe under my shirt, but that didn't work. And I wished I had had a bandana, but I didn't. Um, definitely got a smoke and just kept going. Uh, a little bit later, and I have no estimate of time for this other than it started. This is the series of events that I remember. Um, my buddy could probably tell you a slightly different story. But uh, yeah, he arrived and then uh, chatted briefly about what to do. And uh, we just kept doing that. We both, at that point, the flames had got, dropped significantly from as high as they were. So we were able to get onto the northeast side of the fire, but it would kick up every so often. The wind would gust or the wind would slightly change direction and swirl around us. And then all of a sudden we'd have bigger flames. Um, We'd have smoke in our faces, so quite the experience there. But uh, we did get a full perimeter done on the fire um, and uh, called and found out that uh, we'd uh, found a bobcat, a skid steer, to come and get the concrete barriers out of the way. And then we were able to, two other guys came down, uh, one driving the fire truck, one of the bobcat, and we got the fire truck in. And intuition i guess you could say i heard the fire truck and i thought i should go run from where i was and leave first buddy with the the fire just doing mop up and you know uh whacking any smoke that you saw with a shovel to try and put it out um just to let them know where we were because they fire truck hadn't even been there only myself my first friend had actually seen the fire at this point and uh, i went running through the bush through all the broken ponderosa and branches and all the other stuff uh in time to see that there's no way the fire truck was going to get through now because in addition to the giant concrete barrier put in place 
to block access on this forest road, there also was uh, a ditch that someone had dug. They'd put a giant mound of earth up to prevent driving down this road with almost like, um, what do you call it? Like a steeplechase pit in front of it. Um, so the fire truck came to a stop and three of us had shovels and then shoveled this mound down so the fire truck could get up and over the mound. Um, yeah, not the most fun or effective use of time when minutes and seconds can matter, but uh, we got that done and got the truck up near enough to the fire and then uh, super glad, grateful that we had done some training about a month before. So was still fresh-ish in my mind how to connect firefighting hoses and get the get the hose on. Um, I helped do that and then I kept my good trusty shovel and just continued to work on the perimeter um, to bash out or just try and tamp down any needles that I saw smoking uh, to go back and just dig a bigger trench. Uh, you know, add to what had already been shoveled in to make sure nothing would blow away there and. Um, the other guys got the hose and went around spraying with the hose and soaked the ground or what we thought was soaked the ground, dumped a lot of water on it. And uh, then eventually the volunteers locally showed up um, with a pickup truck in their uh, those same uh, blue uh, outfits that you'd see if they were uh, asking for money at the grocery store with the boot. So that was a little... Uh, disillusioning is not the word, but a pretty big letdown that the firefighters showed up without any equipment in a pickup truck that had no equipment. Um, yep. So uh, we were doing our thing, and um, that all worked pretty good. Uh, got the fire mostly out. Uh, it was then that someone looked up and saw that one of the trees was smoking at the very top of it. So got to see the fire hose get used almost in the same way not not almost the same way but similar to how you just use you know if you're trying to i don't know uh, if you're playing cricket hitting that wicked thing out of the way you're trying to shoot an apple off someone's head with an arrow um you know just precision fire hosing as opposed to spraying everything and saturating everything so actually watching chunks of this tree burn off from the force of the water coming out of the hose was a really cool experience um so yeah that was that uh chatted with the the two uh firefighters who'd shown up a little bit um and just continued walking the perimeter of the fire tamping out any smoke that i saw digging stuff out again to try and ensure that this fire didn't kick back up because it was two full days after the lightning strike that that tree was still smoking uh, it was about then that I realized some of the there was some unusual wood that I had seen in the fire or on the outskirts of the fire. And um, that's when I noticed that on the Ponderosas, you could see the scars where the lightning strikes had hit. And it had blown, if you think of a two by four, like an eight foot two by four, uh, it had blown chunks of bark that looked like two by fours same width uh not quite the same excuse me thickness and eight to ten feet long chunks of bark were lying all over uh, i didn't get an exact count of how many ponderosas got hit but there's at least six that i can see 
in the video um, that were hit by the lightning. So just that's the closest I've ever been to lightning. Crazy that uh, that that all had happened and that it was two full days later. So um, as I chatted with the the firefighters a little bit about that, um, you know, about things to do and everything. And then um, wildland firefighter fire showed up and uh, took a very took a look around, uh, wrote some stuff down on a paper and um, left. So a uh, little, yeah, you know, disillusioned or not really sure, just deflated uh, almost in a way of, you know, here we are, like, you know, a couple of us, uh, you're legitimately putting your life at risk to go and do this. Um, nobody knows, really, that it happened. A handful of people know. Uh, anyone listening to the podcast will hear about it um but yeah just a very different experience so you know got to got to see see what it's like uh got to experience what it's like to be that close to a fire that is uh could be completely out of control that there's no control on it when i got there um there's no control when my first buddy got there we were pretty in control of it when the fire truck arrived but super glad that i called and you know, said, Hey, yeah, I think we should come and just do this to make sure. Cause that Ponderosa, if that had erupted into flames, that was going to catch the next Ponderosa and the next one. And then it's a crown fire and that's really bad. Um, so that was good. You know, lucky that we have all the stuff here that we had practiced with it and that we just happened to be in a good spot and be able to get there within a few minutes of someone telling us it was happening. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy experience. So, you know, that was something to think about. Um, definitely some good learning lessons. I was coughing pretty good for about two days. Uh, it's definitely changed what I keep with me when I go anywhere. Uh, I, I do have a buff on me at all times now, except when I'm sleeping. Well, not all times. I'm not wearing it when I'm sleeping. But uh, I do have a buff that lives nearby. I keep the safety glasses on top of my head. They're on top of my hat. And generally have my gloves on or they're in my pocket. So that that's all useful. i um, got all our firefighting stuff ready to go. And uh, you know, just really valuing or noticing the importance of fire mitigation and know what to do. Um, so I thought what I would sneak into... Next, I just went through a few different websites to find out, like, what do you do if there's a fire? What are some good fire tips? Because I know, well, it sounds like a lot of North America is dry, but also a lot of North America got a shit ton of snow. Uh, California, I'm looking at you. And uh, hello, friend of mine who's hiking the Pacific Crest Trail right now. But um, I am someone who goes out into the backcountry 99% of the time alone. And uh, thought, hey, I, you know, just good to go through this again because summertime's approaching. It's hiking season, it's trail running season, mountain biking season, and there's a lot of amazing trails and trail networks. And you could find yourself in the middle of a fire and be SOL very quickly. So, some things to consider uh, if you're adventuring or living in fire country. Uh, number one, check the weather and the drought conditions. Uh, we had this today. It's It's been hot, but we're getting afternoon thunderstorms. That is not a good mix. 
uh, our forest out here is super dry. I'd imagine a lot of forests out there is super dry. Um, be aware of what you're on. You know, it feels amazing to run trails covered in ponderosa needles that are brown and spongy. Those are also Tinder, like, and not the terrible dating app. Uh, but actual, this will make a fire go very fast and they catch very fast. So, you know, know what's going on at the weather is because if it's afternoon thunderstorms, that lightning strike could start a fire. Or if there's lightning in your area or downwind, or if there's a thunderstorm, dry lightning can happen too. So be aware of that and know what the forest like. It's super dry here. Uh, I presume it's pretty similar most places in the West, but you know, I'm all, it's super dry, but I'm also in the only place in a very large geographical area right now that does not have a full campfire ban on. Um, the government has not banned that part. Uh, so, you know, so we can still have camp, um, controlled campfires in like at a campground in a fire ring or things like that. Whereas, uh, no one else in British Columbia at this moment, um, or, that's not a good thing right now. It's not a good thing, period. Uh, but for official government edicts and whatnot, um, and people saying so, don't do it. So, yeah, definitely do not catch the forest on fire and do not do something stupid like do a gender reveal party for your baby shooting off fireworks into the middle of a dry forest. That's a stupid idea. Um, so, yeah, check the weather and check the drought. And uh, definitely you want to be aware of anything you have that might spark or that might have fire. Uh, if you were out camping, you know, you've got a Coleman stove. Wind can blow. Things can happen. So be aware of what's around you. Set up your campsite or set up your cooking surface somewhere that's not going to start a grass fire or any type of fire. Be aware. Be aware. Uh, if you do have a campfire, you are allowed to have one. Um, or you are having one, are having one is a much better sentence, uh, build it in an open location. Don't build it right under some dry trees. Don't build it right under some a cedar house. You know, be aware of what's out there. This is really situational awareness, but I am flabbergasted at where I have seen fire pits and fire rings and open fires burning. Um, yeah. Kind of taking a Hobbesian view of uh, humans lately, but kind of challenging for someone who, uh, someone like me. But uh, anyway, so yeah, your campfire can cause a wildfire. So, in addition to having it in a good, flat, open location away from anything flammable, uh, that would include needles, leaves, trees, logs, houses. Um, wood piles, gasoline, um, anything flammable. Nope, me neither. Um, this may violate some leave no trace principles, but you can scrape away some grass, leaves, and needles, or use a place that's already been disturbed for your fire, like an existing fire ring. Uh, if you're going to have wood, uh, have it be in short lengths, stack it somewhere near the fire, but not with it, uh, put it by itself so there's not other flammable material around, like paper. Uh, make sure you are staying with your fire. Don't leave your campfire unattended. This apparently is a super hard thing for people to comprehend. Um, fire has a life of its own. Fire is its own being. It was crazy and super cool simultaneously to see 
this fire alive and moving and breathing and going in different directions and changing. Um, that's what fire does. It becomes, it's like a consciousness. It's super cool, but you know, you want to stay with your fire and make sure. And when you are done, extinguish it completely, douse it with water, douse it with water again. Uh, we pretty much emptied the fire truck on this fire, and it was a few hours later that one of the people who was fighting it with us went for a walk and went to kick out a little hot spot, some smoke coming up from the ground, and it ignited. So, you know, extinguish it completely. Douse it until it's cold. Uh, especially out here and especially in some of the stuff I've seen, there's gigantic burn piles because I live where they're doing a shit ton of logging. And... Um, some of those will smolder for a week. Some could smolder for a lot longer, and you might not notice it except for a little tiny trace of smoke coming up, but that can ignite, and it can just be the right conditions, or there can be one little ember, and the wind catches it right, and it blows a little bit and hits a ponderosa needle, and kapow, a state and a half are gone. So there you go. Um, but yeah, to make sure your campfire's out, dump water on it, stir it, Dump water on it again. Stir it again. Does it feel cold? It is probably out. Not guaranteed, but probably out. If it still feels warm, it could still start a fire. Alrighty, uh, next tip for fire safety, fire mitigation. Uh, don't drive on dry grass. This almost always starts some fires somewhere in North America. Um, just driving along on dry grass. Look at the heat from the engine. Um, heat from the exhaust, uh, dirt bikes, quads, things like that. Uh, it can be hot and just that right, wrong spot, wrong time, right place, right time, uh, that cannot be good. So uh, try not to drive or park over dry grass, especially tall dry grass. Uh, okay, if you're outside or working outside, um, maintain your stuff. Keep track of your equipment, keep track of your vehicle. Um, you know, exhaust can be shot from sparks. If you've got metal on metal, that can shoot sparks. Um, you know, if you're, I don't know what you might be doing, chainsawing and, and hit a nail or something, that can start sparks as well. So, um, you know, be sure that all your maintenance is done, that things aren't flying around anywhere, that uh, everything is looking good. Alrighty, and uh, that moves us on to um, your vehicle. Uh, if you're, especially if you're traveling in the backcountry, I live a long way from most signs of civilization. Uh, definitely a long way from a town or grocery store or post office. So I have a bunch of stuff that lives in my truck. Um, it does get freaking cold, minus 45 out here. It also gets up to up to 110. Um, so I have a variety of stuff that lives in my truck in different seasons. Um, one of those are a shovel, a bucket, fire extinguisher, because you never know you might come across what is a small hotspot or a small smoldery thing that you might be able to put out on your own. Helps a lot if you've got something to do it with, not, oh, you drove by it, it'll be fine. And um, yeah, 2,500 houses are gone. Um, things like that so you know if, if you are uh, driving um, any type of vehicle that goes off road those are great to have uh, if you have an OHV off-highway vehicle quads dirt bikes side-by-sides um, gators uh, must have a spark a right arrestor 
Um, something else that I do is I, in my truck, I always have multiple sources of water. Um, something that can help when you're going out is to have at least a, a water bottle with you. It's something that you could dump water into. Um, you know, I've got, I've got several, um, when I am running, I 99% of the time or no, 95% of the time run with, um, my best, which has a decent capacity to carry water uh far less frequently i run with just a handheld or with nothing uh, okay some next things for safety if you have a trailer check the tires the axles and the bearings um if anything happens if you start you know drop your safety chains they hit the ground they can spark metal on metal can spark um you know, blowouts on tires potentially can cause issues. Uh, bearings and axles, if those things get hot and you drop one and it lands in the wrong spot, that's not good. Uh, huh, all right, moving on, moving on. Um, keep anything that causes sparks or could cause a fire away from dry vegetation. Don't toss your lighter into sage the sagebrush step. Um, you know, don't. If vegetation is really, really dry, try not to go and angle grind metal over there. Um, you know, be aware of what's around your workspace. If if you are doing something like that, like definitely take a look around, go do it in a large graveled area or, or even like, you know, if possible, a parking lot or something. There's no reason to be starting a fire trying to do something else. And especially not to be doing some of these things if it's windy or if it's dry, like ideal time for burning or doing some things is it's cool, it's overcast, maybe it rained the day before, maybe it may rained a couple hours ago, things are damp, it's much harder to catch on fire if you're wet or frozen. If something is wet or frozen, then it is if it's dry. Um, if you are working on stuff or, you know, setting up outdoor projects, things like that, Create a clearing where everything has been removed. All flammable materials have been removed so that you have a space to work in, stage stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, fireworks, firecrackers, um, yeah, beware of the conditions. Check the weather, check uh, what's happening in your area. Um, this is a challenging one for me because I value freedom and the freedom to choose. Uh, be aware of what's happening out there and you might want to choose maybe not to have fireworks if it's a super dry year, uh, even if it is 4th of July or 1st of July or a random Saturday at the Rockies game, uh, whatever it might be, fireworks may not be the best idea if it's hot and dry conditions. This is fairly common sense, I should hope. Um. But yeah, fireworks can, start, can cause a lot of fires, so uh, just be aware of what you're doing. Uh, they can also send you the ER, so be aware of what you're doing. And boom, here we go. So, uh, yeah, if you are somewhere where you can burn things, like out here we can have burn piles. I know a lot of rural areas, you have um, a burn barrel or a burn pit area, and if the conditions are right, you can call and pull a fire permit and burn on your property. This is a very common rural and agricultural or um, like industrial logging type thing. Not at all common uh, or maybe doesn't even exist in uh, most urban areas. But uh, if you are doing it or you do have a burn, um, you know, 
pay attention, know what's going on, know what the weather conditions are. As I said already, you know, be careful, have a clearing, maybe let your fire on the snow, have a, have a hose, have a fire truck there to put it out. If something happens, that could be really good. Um, if it's on your, this is on your private property. So make sure you got water nearby. And if it's windy, don't burn. Uh, we actually witnessed, um, something not so great happened when uh, a prescribed fire was tried on a very poor day to light a prescribed fire and it got away out here uh, or out here in the vague nearby area within about a two hour drive of where I am, but uh, pretty similar ecosystem. And um, yeah, these things can have a lot bigger impacts than, than can be intended. Um, so, you know, fire creates, fire destroys. And there, there are pros and cons of both of those, both burning or not burning. Um, it's a very nuanced area. A lot of it's up for debate. Um, questions about how fire was traditionally used by the people who lived here before us. Um, definitely a landscape management tool, definitely a ecosystem process. But um, yeah, there can be a lot of complexity there. So just be aware of that. Um, you know, fire fire is a natural and necessary role in a lot of landscapes. Some of the understory out here is so overgrown, it needs a fire to clear it out. Uh, the animals aren't out here in, in the numbers they were before. So, you know, um, and also it's a tough one because, you know, fire, fire creates, fire destroys. It's also, it's an essential part of some ecosystems, some ecosystem processes, uh, the life cycle of some trees of some plants and animals um, that can be dependent on fire. After the destruction, there's all the new growth that brings in different animals, that brings in different plants in the successional communities that follow right after fire and then progress to the landscapes we see now. So some of these are what would have evolved naturally. Some are very artificial from the destruction of the Great Plains and putting it under the plow that wrecked a lot of ecosystems um, and really transformed the biodiversity. So there's things to ponder. There's there's a lot of a lot of nuances and not as many simple black and white things when you start to take a big picture view of what's up there. Um, so yeah, fire's not always bad, but we know what we we do what we can. I'm I'm in a very dry area. Um, live near the lake on the lake, but, uh, there's not a lot of water that's not in the lake. And it, it is a juggle. It is a balancing act all the time. And, you know, you do what you can to help people out here there. Like I mentioned, you know, we're a little bit beyond the response area. So, you know, by the time volunteers might get here, a significant amount of stuff can already be gone. So it's definitely, it's been um, very instructive for me to be out here and to see what what we what everyone who lives out here um has on their mind almost every day now that it's summer um has some level of comprehension of what to do in a forest fire situation uh has been evacuated um maybe lost a house or equipment or a field or someone they love to a fire um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit different than living in the city and adventuring out there is have it be part of your day to day and know, Hey, I could 
going on this venture and I might uh, have nothing when I get back. Um, a little bit different feeling. But, you know, people also go out of their way to, to help each other out here because we are our own help. They're, it's going to take a long time for anything that's uh, government to, to show up um, if they can. You know, we're in a huge area that doesn't have a lot of resources. And um, that's just part of life. But uh, yeah, there was there was a lot at that fire. Um, definitely has me considering things. I pack additional water with me now, even if I'm just doing a, to me, a shorter run. Uh, I keep my buff with me as an emergency um, smoke mask um, if I need to. Uh, you know, I happened to be wearing all cotton that day. That was great. Um, just being aware and noticing and then knowing where all the fire stuff is. Uh, if I had had time to go in or had made the time to go and grab it and not be more concerned with get fire out now. Um, but you know, I am, uh, on my own. Um, so there is no significant other. Um, so I'm a single guy is basically what I'm saying. So maybe have a different level of, assessment of threat or risk than other people do because it is me there is not a family there is not uh, children to think about it's uh, hey i can do this i have no dependents so might as well uh, and it was exhilarating and exhausting and hot um so i hope you never have to fight a forest fire uh never see one but you know if you do i hope this can help out with things um and, you know, maybe this uh, reiterates if you are heading out into the backcountry uh, to take a, a phone with you or a way of communicating with me. I know this is a tough one for me to do because I don't want to and I just go out there, but uh, maybe we'll save a life or at least give some closure if something untoward were to happen. Um, there are numerous instances of this, uh, all the Arizona smoke jumpers that happen to forget how long ago now not not that long ago i was actually at saw part of the memorial down in prescott granite mountain was that it? something like that don't, don't remember exactly details but you know things and the conditions can change i could be driving into town to go grocery shopping and come into something right now um there's another fire out here today that we saw start from the lightning strike last night so it can happen at any point. I hope it does not happen to you. I hope that sharing a little bit of this story and the things I colossally did wrong um, help out and can give some context and uh, at least information you might not have known before um, from first-hand anecdote. And, you know, there's a lot we can do to help each other out. Um, and spread kindness and share kindness and all that. I'm kind of rambling now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a definitely, definitely an experience. And I guess I'd probably just sign off instead of rambling. But if you have any questions or looking for clarity on uh, what I did or didn't do that was air quote correct or air quote incorrect, um, maybe some of my thought processes, anything, anything you want to know, uh, send a message, you know, hit me on Instagram for at Cactus Moose, um, anything you'd like to know. I have yet to share this experience on there. Um, whatever day I release the podcast, uh, hopefully on a Monday at 4 a.m. when all the other ones come out. So it's in your 
in your podcast queue uh, by the time you wake up on Monday and start heading to work. If you've got a standard Monday or a traditional or legacy Monday to Friday, nine to five ish schedule. But um, yeah, we'll uh, share that uh, again. I don't think I did anything special or spectacular or anything other than what needed to be done to problem solve the situation. And I hope that uh, by sharing this experience, if you do have an experience like mine, that you can remain calm and focus on what's happening at hand and just take care of it. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, I'm going to wish everyone a wonderful day. It's just starting to get dark here and I need to go to bed because I'm kind of tired. But um, from out here on the lake with the... Uh, at the moment, safe forest, and uh, hopefully get some nice drizzle, soaking rain overnight, and wake up to sunny skies tomorrow. That would be ideal three or four times a week. Um, I'm going to visualize that, meditate on that as I go to bed. But all right, friends, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please, please, please leave me a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That super-duper helps out the podcast and the people from 40-odd countries who are listening and uh, helps me get inspired for the next things to share or to record and share about because of all of the things that I just think are normal and happen to everyone but seem to be a little unusual for uh, many different uh, walks of life out there. All right. On that note, friends, uh, Cougar Patrol out, and uh, Wisdom of the Wilderness will be back the next time with uh, some learning, some inspiration, and uh, some time in nature. All right. We'll talk to you soon, friends.